five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello and welcome to another episode of Holy Half Hour. It is your one-stop shop for Christian fun times. We have quizzes, we have silly music, we have Bible facts, and we have my co-host Kieran. How are you, my friend? Michael, I am very well. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, It's been a, a good week. As we record this episode, uh, yesterday was my daughter's first birthday. Aw, mate. And tomorrow is my fifth wedding anniversary. So, yeah. All all the things happening this week, but it's been good. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's so cool. What a week. Yes, indeed. And, uh, And I've also been thinking, because of those two things, Kieran, of a very important question to ask you. Which is, uh, if you could only eat one cereal for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the that's where my mind went as well, Michael. It's, it's only logical. Uh, <laughs> one breakfast cereal. <laughs> and by cereal, what I mean is, you know, like breakfast cereal in a box produced by some big corporation, uh, not like yep. corn or wheat. or <laughs> Okay. <laughs> because as we know, those are fruits. Oh, yes, yeah, so we do know that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have learned that. Yeah, yeah, verified. Uh, oh, that's a tough one, man. I mean, you know, if I'm looking for something to give me real sustenance to get me through the day, and it has mm-hmm. to be a breakfast cereal, mm-hmm. then I would probably go for, well, I mean, porridge is the classic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, for sure. You know, failing that, probably Weetabix mm. or something else that's got, you know, a bit of stodge. Yeah, uh, a bit of uh, to load up on carbs at the start of the day. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I I don't know. Are there like a high? Is there some high protein cereal? You you would know. You would know. That yeah, sort of there's thing. a lot of high protein cereals these days. Um, they're mm. really they're really pushing the boat. Uh, when we were in America recently, my wife and I and the baby, um, I was in a big Target which is a supermarket, and. Um, they had loads of protein cereals because uh, there's quite a lot of keto people there and stuff. So oh, yeah. Yeah. they were made of things like um, pea flour and and uh, lentil flour and stuff like that. So they didn't have very many carbs in at all. It was mostly protein. And I actually had one. Mm. It was quite tasty. Oh, um, nice. But you don't get nice. them as much over here in the UK. Um, no, that's true. But I think I'm with you, Kieran. Uh, I think if I had to choose just one, it'd be porridge. But at the moment, to show us how similar we are, I've been really eating far too many Weetabix minis. <laughs> okay, yeah, the minis. Oh, yeah, man, yeah, they're so good. Yeah, oh, they I are had, nice, aren't they? I had a bowl. I, I was a bit behind on my prep, ladies and gentlemen, for this episode, so I didn't have time to eat a real dinner, so I had a bowl of uh, Weetabix minis before we started recording, and uh, they were pretty, <laughs> pretty good. Breakfast of champions, or dinner in this case. <laughs> yeah. Not a sponsor, by the way. I just like Weetabix Minis. But, you know, Weetabix Minis, if you want to sponsor us, just just reach out. We're, we're available. Absolutely. Drop us a line, guys. Uh, granola as well, Michael. I have to give a mm. shout out to Granola, which I love. You know, it's yeah. also another, another nice cereal. Oh, yeah. Well, Kieran, um, you know, let's sit back, relax, pour ourselves a nice big bowl of cereal and get into the show, shall we? Let's do it. 
Michael, do you have a quiz for me? Yes, I have a quiz for you. Michael, do you have a quiz for me? Yes, I have a quiz for you. <laughs> okay, Kieran, I gave you a slightly softball quiz last week. I mean, it was fun. Um, but uh, I think this this week might be a wee bit more challenging. We'll see. Oh, Not too hard. Okay. We'll see. Okay. Uh, it's it's a format of quiz we've had before. Kieran, you are bringing the Bible fact to us this week, and you're bringing us First uh, Timothy, which I'm excited to hear what you've got to share about the book of First Timothy. But yeah. uh, you know, if I'm introducing my quiz with that piece of information, what kind of a quiz do you think we might be doing today? <laughs> Is it a Timothy quiz? <laughs> oh, Uh-oh. yeah. Uh oh, famous Timothy's Kieran. <laughs> famous Timothy. <laughs> nice. So I'm going to give you uh, a short description of a famous Tim or Timothy. Um, mm-hmm. You simply had to give me uh, the surname or who that Tim or Timothy is. And uh, yeah, we'll see how see how well you know your Timothys, Kieran. Sounds good. So five Timothys and here comes the first one. This Tim is an American actor and comedian known for playing Tim the Toolman Taylor on the ABC sitcom Home Improvements, 91 to 99, and among other roles voicing Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story franchise and playing Scott Calvin and Santa Claus in the Santa Claus film trilogy. Can you name that Tim Kieran? Uh, Tim Allen. Nicely done. Okay, here's your next Tim Kieran. This Tim is an English actor who earned international recognition for starring in Quentin Tarantino's films, such as Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Four Rooms, and The Hateful Eight. Hmm. Name that Tim. I have no idea who this is. A Tim, and he's been in Tarantino films. I'm not a big Tarantino head, my friend. Mm. So I, if if those are his main movies, then I may not know who he is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think you've got me on this one. Yeah. Well, in which case I'm going to give you a, sh- a slight... <laughs> and tell you that it's Tim Roth, Kieran. Tim Roth. Okay, right. I've heard that name. Can't even picture the guy. So I don't feel too bad about not getting that one. <laughs> well, don't worry, because you're... Just- Plenty more Tims to choose from. <laughs> I'm sure there are. One. <laughs> this young Tim is a fictional character from the 1843 novella A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Although seen only briefly, he is a major character and serves as an important symbol of the consequences of the protagonist's choices. Can you name that Tim, Kieran? It's Tiny Tim, surely. Mm, but what is Tiny Tim's real name? Uh, would it be Tim Cratchit? <laughs> is his dad Bob Cratchit? Hey, hey. Oh, that's a relief. Well done. Yes, indeed. Timothy Tiny Tim Cratchit. Um, good. Well, it's uh, 2-1 and we've got two more Tims to go. So mm. here is your next Tim. This Tim is an English computer scientist best known as the inventor of the World Wide Web. 
He's a prof professorial fellow of computer science at the University of Oxford and a professor at the Massachusetts Institute for Technology. Tim proposed an information management system on the 12th of March 1989 and implemented the first successful communication between hypertext transfer protocol client and the server via the mid-November. <laughs> I said that, that bit fast because it's boring. That, that's it's not actually boring, it's really awesome. But um, <laughs> It's cool. Which Tim invented the internet, Kieran? Can you remember his name? <laughs> Which Tim invented the internet? Who invented the internet? Tim. It just feels <laughs> almost anticlimactic that the internet was just invented by Tim. Uh, but props to him. You know, it's an amazing achievement. I have no idea what his name is, though. Apart no. from that his name is Tim. But I can't give you more information than that, I'm afraid. So mm. you've got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You may have heard of him, though, Kieran. His name is Tim Berners-Lee. Okay, I would not have got that in a million years. Oh, so, wow. oh well. Yeah. Well, here we go, Kieran. It all comes down to this. You have two right and two wrong. This is your fifth and final Tim. Do you know okay. your Tims? <laughs> this Tim is an American pastor, theologian, and Christian apologist. He is the author of the New York Times best-selling books, the Prodigal God, Recovering the Heart of the Christian <laughs> Faith, Prayer, Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God, and The Reason for God, Belief in an Age of Skepticism. Thank you for this, uh, giving me a nice uh, evangelical <laughs> softball to, to finish with. It's, of course, Tim Keller. <laughs> hey. Hey. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Timothy J. Keller. Um, yeah. Well, Kieran, by the skin of your evangelical reformed teeth <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you got there in the end well done you know your tims after all my teeth do need some reforming actually uh, i need to <laughs> i haven't been to the dentist in a while Ooh, unlikely worship song well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for this week's unlikely worship song. Kieran has been studiously, you know, committed to creating incredible pieces of music every week, week in, week out, for the last 51 weeks. And uh, sometimes they're about a bit of the Bible. Sometimes they're about uh, something that we experience as Christians. Last week was excellent. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen. I very much related to his song about... Uh, about what was it? Something white grape juice, sweet white grape juice, <laughs> sparkling, sparkling white, white grape, grape juice. juice. That's yeah, the one. That's the one. <laughs> um, so memorable. Sorry, <laughs> apologies. It's already been played in clubs around the world. <laughs> it was more memorable than I'm making out. Uh, it was very good. Um, so, what have you got for us this week, Kieran? Well, Michael, this week. So I felt like it's been it's been a while. You know, it's been a minute mm. since we had a. Bible-related song about an animal. Uh, oh, it's, nice. it's been at least five minutes since I made up a rubbish <laughs> song about an animal. So, so this one, I wanted to go for something, a bit of a deep dive here, Michael, and mm -hmm. you know, not just talk about your everyday Bible animals, but one of the more sort of mythical beasts that the Bible mentions. Now, of course, we've talked about them before on the, on the show, um, but this one in particular will be familiar to long-time listeners and also people who've spent any time, particularly in the book of Job. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I won't say too much up front, 
but have a listen and see if you can guess what animal or creature this is before the chorus hits. All right, I'm excited to see if I can guess correctly. Here it comes. Massive in size, terrifying eyes, gliding along the bottom of the sea. Double-plated armor, breathing fire, mouth ringed about with fearsome teeth. What is this beast? Leviathan! The gliding serpent. The coiling serpent. Fierce and powerful monster of the sea. Leviathan! With graceful limbs. Impenetrable skin. Who can stand against this fearsome beast? Leviathan! Leviathan. Leviathan. Nice. Yeah, there you go. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of um, of Jeffrey Wayne's War of the Worlds. Have you listened to that? Uh, little bits. I think I remember. Yeah. Yeah. As, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, as one of the albums I grew up on, my dad used to play all the time. But if you haven't listened to the like operatic musical version of uh, War of the Worlds, it's really worth listening to. Um, but especially your narration at the start of that, which was epic, it really put me in mind of uh, of that kind of uh, kind of feeling. It went, it got a little bit more dancey right. than War of the Worlds gets. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was really great. I enjoyed that. I felt, I felt nice. the uh, the power of the Leviathan. So. Um, it was good, man. Very funny. Did you know what was coming? I mean, I guess you probably saw the name of the song before it played. <laughs> yeah. But imagine you hadn't. Mm, would you, mm. do you think you would have guessed that it yeah. was Leviathan? I definitely had the advantage when you emailed me leviathan.mp3. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, but uh, would I have known it was Leviathan if I didn't see that the name of the song was Leviathan? Um, yeah, I think I probably would have known Kieran, but then that's easy mm. for me to say because I did already know. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I think I, I think I read every verse that mentions Leviathan in order to like come up with the lyrics because well, the book of Job is really the only place where you get any detail on what mm. this Leviathan looks like. And of course, the, the term might be used to refer to different animals in scripture. It's all a bit vague as to what Leviathan is. I think biblical scholars' opinions range from an actual, some sort of actual sea monster to mm. like a hippo <laughs> or a crocodile. <laughs> so there's really no consensus on what a leviathan actually is. But if you take all of the different descriptions and put them together, you get a really funky animal. Yeah, and a really funky piece of music. Well, exactly. Very appropriate. So, so that was <laughs> what I was going for. <laughs> that was great, man. I think that, that goes straight into the greatest hits bag. Yeah. Oh, nice one. Nice one. Well, get ready for a behemoth on another week. (laughs) Another week when I'm out of ideas. There'll be something to look forward to. Well, I can't wait. The top, 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 top three, three, three. Okay, Kieran, it's time for this week's top three, which, as you may remember, we are doing animal, vegetable, mineral top threes at the moment. So... I have three pairs of words, one animal pair, one vegetable pair, one mineral pair, and Kieran just has to give me which one of those two words 
appears in more verses in the New International Version of the Bible. So, Kieran, I don't know if you remember, but last week <laughs> you didn't get this right. And oh, it shook how the I've, very foundations of this podcast. How I've tried to forget, Michael. <laughs> every, every night I wake up in a cold sweat thinking, how could I, how could I let this happen? <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're new to Holy Half Hour, then pretty much, I don't know, maybe for like 20 weeks is my memory. <laughs> Kieran's gotten the top three right every week yeah and yeah. Uh, last week he didn't and it was pretty shocking and awesome for me um, <laughs> so yeah kieran how are you feeling you feel you feeling good you feeling confident or, or are you or is, or is your world shaken i i mean uh, it's pretty shaken man i'm feeling definitely less confident than i have in previous weeks but you know pride comes before a fall so perhaps you know i was too too arrogant i thought i thought i couldn't be stopped michael i thought there was nothing i thought there were no two pairs of words that i couldn't compare the frequency of in in, in scripture and oh, wow. uh, i flew too high like icarus mm-hmm. yeah your top 3 wings melted <laughs> That's all three wings, Mellon. Uh, so, yeah, man, I'm humbled. I'm humbled. I'm contrite. I'm ready to build my life up again from the, from the, from the beginning. And I'm glad you're here to help me. So, Absolutely. Uh, so let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, here we go. Here's your animal pair, Kieran. Dog or Dove. Dog or dove? <laughs> Dog or dove? Oh goodness me, that's difficult. That is mm. difficult. Um, I mean, it must be dove because doves are certainly again. It's it's the Pentateuch rule. It's mm-hmm. the does it appear in Leviticus rule? Mm-hmm. And I think it probably does. So I think for that reason, doves probably edge out past dogs, which I think get a few mentions in scripture, but yeah. they're not like. The dove is an important symbol in the Bible, and, and mm. dog is generally not. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I think it's probably dove. All right, let's take a look. All right, yeah. here, strong start. Dog, okay. 12 verses. Dove, 23 verses. Hmm. So not a huge discrepancy, but dove definitely no. wins out. Okay, Kieran, here's your vegetable or food pair. Olives or raisins? Nice. Oh man, that's tough. I'm gonna go with olives. Yeah. Just it feels like that's probably the right one. That's my just very scientific <laughs> answer. Um, that's good. I mean, sometimes you just have to go with your gut, and you don't have to tell. You yeah. don't have to give me a good reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's find out if you're right. Oh, nice. Kieran, you've already won the top three. Okay, we're back. We're back. I'm back, can everybody. You make <laughs> it a clean sweep with the mineral question. And uh, it's gold or silver, Kieran. Gold or silver. Gold or silver. Wow. Wow. Um, I mean, I, it's got to be gold, surely. Mm. Surely. Surely. I'm sure that m- more more things in the Bible are overlaid with gold than they are with silver. Surely, <laughs> and silver gets mentioned in for payment and things. I think, and, mm. and and I'm sure it also gets its its honourable mentions in the instructions for building tabernacles and arcs and various <laughs> things. But I, gold's got to be the winner. All right, 
Let's take a look. Yeah. It is gold and don't call me Shirley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well done. Gold 415 versus silver 305. So still plenty of yeah. silver in the Bible, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. Gold wins out there for sure. Yeah. All right, Kieran. I suppose maybe you're okay at top threes after all. <laughs> um, well done. I'm the best. <laughs> I, I've, I've left the humility behind. I'm Take the king care, humility. Of top threes. <laughs> no, that's good, man. And, uh, you know, I feel that uh, I'm, I'm a changed man. And from this day forward, I will uh, hopefully continue to ace the top three but i will never i will never forget the week that i fell from grace never again unless you, you know it for granted exactly unless it just happens again next week and i completely <laughs> fall on my face <laughs> which might well happen so well we're gonna I stick guess, with animal we'll vegetable mineral for a few weeks so maybe maybe i'll bring some tricky ones okay okay i'm i'm up for it man i'm up for it all right well until then Date, early 21st century. Location, Earth. Two human males began a project to catalogue 66 fun facts, one for each book of the Bible. If they are allowed to proceed uninhibited, interest in the holy book could increase by over 116%. What are their names? Michael and Kieran. Bring them to me alive. Find you, Michael and Kieran, you and your Bible facts. Okay, Kieran, it's time for this week's Bible fact. And as already mentioned, you're bringing us a fact from 1 Timothy. We are working our way through the entire Bible, listeners. So if you are just joining us now, you've got, oh, so many books to enjoy in previous Bible facts and previous episodes. But yeah, we're fairly getting our way through the New Testament now. And Kieran, what have you got for us from First Timothy this week? Yeah, man. So First Timothy, obviously very, very famous um, book in the New Testament. A lot of well-known verses and passages of Scripture in there. You no doubt know a few of them, listeners, even if you don't know that you do. Um, in, in First Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy. Uh, concerning the care of the church at Ephesus. So we, we looked at Ephesians a few weeks back. It's those guys again. But this time, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy, uh, who is a young leader in the church, uh, to give him instruction and uh, encouragement in terms of um, Christian leadership. So a lot of a lot of uh, First Timothy really deals with um, you know the nature of of being a pastor really. Of, of being a leader in, in God's people um, and shepherding the flock, as it were. Uh, and the book touches on a lot of different areas, things like the, the qualifications of, of a leader in church um, and, and practical directions for elders and for the care of widows and that sort of thing. Um, it's a pretty broad overview of things to consider if you are in, in leadership, really, in, in the church. 
Um, so the, the letter's written to Timothy, um, but it is, I, th- I think, was also intended to actually be read to the whole church at Ephesus. Um, so Paul's writing to Timothy, but there is an intention here for this to have a broader audience. Um, and I think First Timothy is interesting in that it lays out uh, what I think is probably one of the most complete models for discipleship in Scripture, because um, it is really a kind of deep dive into what the what the life of a Christian leader looks like, you know. Uh, and of course, Jesus gives the disciples that great commission to go and make disciples. Um, and then I think uh, Tim, First Timothy also almost kind of serves as a a follow up to that commission, almost. To say, well, what does it look like when we then train people to disciple others, to make more disciples who make more disciples, and so on? Does that make sense? Mm. And so, um, a few facts here from, uh, I'm pulling these from BibleCharts.org. Um, Timothy was, was converted during Paul's first missionary journey. So, um, Timothy was actually converted through Paul's ministry. Um, during Paul's second missionary journey, he re- revisited Lystra and decided to take Timothy with him. So Timothy sort of became a, a, an apprentice to Paul, almost, his, uh, his protege. Um, and uh, Timothy helped Paul in, in a lot of places, uh, including, I'm going to read a little list here, fun, exciting thing on the podcast, here's a list, <laughs> uh, such places as Troas, Thessalonica, Berea, Corinth, Ephesus, and Rome. Um, so quite a lot of places that Timothy went to with Paul and, and partnered with him in ministry. Um, <clears throat> so as I say, uh, Michael, First Timothy really lays out a lot of uh, uh, instructions and encouragement for, for how to be a, a leader in church. Uh, and I just want to read a couple of passages. Here's the first one. This is First Timothy 4. Uh, verses 6 to 10. Um, and some of this you will definitely uh, recognize, listeners. Paul writes, If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So some incredible verses in there, man. Um, Mm. And just some really rich teaching. Uh, and I think you can really hear uh, Paul's heart for the Ephesian people and and his heart for Timothy, you know. 
as uh, as uh, as a kind of spiritual son to him. Um, but I think one of the things that it tells us is that uh, you know that there there isn't room for complacency in mm-hmm. in the Christian walk and especially in the life of a Christian leader. Um, you know, I was interested in verse ten there. That is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God who is the savior of all people and especially of those who believe. So that word strive, you know, I, I think perhaps in our comfortable 21st century Christianity, we don't like to, to think about that word, you know, um, because, you know, of course, a relationship with God is, is about faith. Uh, it's by grace we've been saved through faith, you know. Um, so we don't have to, we don't earn our salvation. However, when we are saved and when we come into that relationship with Christ, uh, we do have some work to do. There is a calling on our lives. There is an expectation, isn't there? Um, and I think this is a, a sobering reminder of that, that we do have to contend for the faith, whatever that might look like uh, for you to be based on your circumstances. Um, but this life as a Christian is not meant to be a cakewalk. Um, and that's something for me to consider in my comfortable uh, 21st century life. Um, but there's also that, exhortation there from Paul to watch your life and doctrine closely persevere in them because if you do you will save both yourself and your hearers I think watch your life and doctrine closely what a challenge you know Mm. Um, that is a verse that often grabs me um, because uh, am I able to say hand on heart hey guys I'm an example of a good Christian you know you should you should follow me and copy me <laughs> you should live the way that I live which is something that Paul essentially says in his writing you know can I say that about my life uh, I don't know if I can always and um, so that's uh, that's uh, you know a sobering thought as well um, but I think a lot of this speaks to the high calling that there is in, in Christian leadership you know um, one more passage I want to read before I wrap up Um, And this is from 1 Timothy 6, verses 11 to 14. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, we just get this sort of like combative language, you know, fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of eternal life. You know, that this is not a passive faith, a passive relationship with God that we're called to. Um, And again, I find as I revisit these verses, um, I'm very challenged (laughs) by that you know um what do you think bro yeah definitely super challenging and excellent uh to share you know where to start i mean you know thinking about the passage in first timothy 4 that you shared yeah that that set an example to the believers in speech conduct love faith purity uh definitely couldn't do that with my life I definitely can't even think, I'm not even sure if I can say in a single day, you know, (laughs) here's all the words I said and the tone with which I said all of them, you know, I'm happy to use that as an example of how other people should speak if they (laughs) want to be a Christian and and seen as someone who loves God (sighs) and loves others. Mm. 
I think it's really an excellent thing you bring up that it's a very much an active, you know, it's, it's, it's a decision to do. Being a Christian is an active process and it's an active process mm. every single day of our lives. And it starts yeah. again every single day of our lives. And the striving is striving towards Jesus and that striving makes us more like him and makes us more able to say we are an example of someone who follows him. But you can't be an example of someone who follows Jesus if what you're striving for is to look like someone who follows Jesus um, rather than just looking to Jesus. You know, if you're trying to get about, if you're trying to become pure and have good speech and have faith and have purity and have love by going after love uh, rather than by going after God, then you're never going to be the example. Mm. But I think it's such an important thing you say that it's a really active thing. We discussed a few weeks ago when we were looking at Philippians how Paul writes this incredibly beautiful description of Christ, but he does it for a, for a practical purpose because he wants people to take action. And Paul mm. is very much a man of action. And I think it's really important that you raise that, that these are, are action points. Because, yeah, if we genuinely want to follow God, we have to take actions every single day. And if we ever want to get close to making this example uh, that, that Paul writes to Timothy to be and for the Ephesians church to be, then we only do that by taking actions which bring us closer to God. So definitely mm -hmm. challenging, but not overwhelming because we know the way to get there is to daily take actions uh, to bring ourselves closer to God. But it's hard because... I don't know about you, Kieran, but I can be pretty complacent in things in my life. Um, oh man, uh, let me t let me teach you about complacency, my friend. <laughs> uh, let me school you on how to be really complacent. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? I think I, I often yeah, wonder no, totally. if, yeah. if our culture—you know—we have so much. We are so wealthy. We're so well off. Mm. You know, if if we decide mm. to to not really work that hard for a few days there isn't that much of a consequence for most of us you know that's true for many yeah. people in our fair in our society there is a consequence but for many more you know we can we can skive off work for a couple of days not that we would or we can you know go in no. and, and and phone it in a little bit you know we're feeling tired or i think that's one thing that having a baby yeah. makes you realize like there is no phoning it in when you have a small child to look after, mm. like you mm. have to be on it a hundred percent of the time. Um, mm. And that's really tiring. And that was their entire life. You know, we talked about last week when we we're looking at the Thessalonian letters that Paul was, was doing all these church planting and traveling all over the place. And he didn't want to burden the people with whom he was staying. So he was working as well the whole time making tents you know, so yeah. he was he was striving whilst writing all these letters, whilst teaching all these people, whilst you know being a spiritual father and planting churches and and writing letters. He was making tents and mm. and paying his way. Like these people could strive for sure, and and I believe that they also modelled that. What we can see that they also modelled that in their striving towards God. Um, and I think maybe we're just not used to striving very much. Kieran. 
Yeah, no, I I think that's, that's probably true, man. I mean, I mean, I think you know certainly in the in the in the developed world, if you're you know middle class or above, we just don't live hand to mouth in in the way that our you know ancestors would have done even a hundred years ago. You know, mm-hmm. life has been so transformed, and the comfort level. I mean, uh, you know, a, a pharaoh of ancient Egypt would look at my life and think, oh, that guy's a bit o- over the top. He lives <laughs> <Yeah>. extravagantly. <laughs> like yeah, all these co- sure. conveniences he has and so on. So, yeah, it's so, it's so easy. It's so easy for, for comfort and, and mm. the relative wealth in which we live, I think, to, to, to um, harden our hearts, you know, mm. um, because we have what we need right now in this moment. Uh, yeah. In their physical sense, it's much harder, therefore, to not become complacent and continue to recognize the the spiritual hunger and not um, cut ourselves off from that, you know? Yeah, definitely. It makes me think, Kieran, when, when you and I and, and some of our friends were in, in Peru, we went on a, on a bit of a mission trip uh, to build, mm. to help build a church there. And um, we used to go out every morning, a few of us, and, and walk to the local baker who was uh one of the people who lived locally and they had a, a wee bakery in the front room of their house and we would get mm. our daily bread um yeah and we'd bring it back and that would do us maybe for two days but for the most part we went most days and uh and i don't do that here i don't need to go get daily bread my i buy mm. a loaf every you know four or five days so when I pray, give us, give me this day, give us this day our daily bread, you know, it doesn't have the same meaning because yeah, yeah. we have so much. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we definitely are used to not having to think every single day about our needs. And that can definitely lead to us not thinking every single day about our spiritual needs. But that is not that is not what we're where we're at. Our monetary wealth, if anything, makes our spiritual needs greater because it's so easy yeah. to have idols and so easy to to put things above God. So we might not need daily physical bread because we are very, very fortunate, but we definitely need daily spiritual bread and we need to be be renewing uh, you know, our faith and, and working out our salvation with fear and trembling every single day. Mm-hmm. So an important absolutely. reminder. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks, man. Appreciate your thoughts on that. And M- Michael too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have time for this week. We hope you've enjoyed spending some time with us here at Holy Half Hour. Next week, we will have yet more fun and games quizzes top threes silly songs and a bible fact from second timothy in case you couldn't guess and uh, (laughs) we are looking forward to having you join us then aren't we kieran yeah thanks everybody and thank you michael it's uh it's been fun absolutely thank you and we'll speak to you next week goodbye bye-bye everybody holy here we go again batman Yeah, you know, um...
What was I going to say? I was going to say something about this song that I prepared for this bit that we're doing. And, uh, <laughs> let's, we'll, we'll leave all this in the show. Uh, <laughs> Man, we're rusty. Yeah. It was the thing I wanted to say. Um, did you know? Oh, yeah, I know, Michael.